So keep in mind that if you're making videos, you want at times to make them a little bit more polished, a little bit more professional. And so take a little time to learn a few things that are gonna help you to do that. Because if you do that, you can still do the quick videos that jump cuts and all sorts of things that just you don't have to worry about. But when you need a video to really work hard, you really want it to be successful, you really want it to pop, the seven tips I'm gonna provide will really help you. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. My name is Matt Pierce. I'm the host of the Visual Lounge, where we talk about using images and video in the workplace. So today, we are going to be helping you to level up. We talk a lot about leveling up at the end of the show and how we hope you do it. But today, we're gonna to be talking about leveling up with a video a little bit because I found that there's some really simple tricks out there that you can do that can really help your video to look a little bit more polished. Now, this is not to say you need to use these all the times or that these are the end-all be-all of video editing, but these are a few tips that I think can be valuable for you to know about. I will be showing some stuff, so if you're listening to the audio podcast, you may wanna hop over to YouTube. However, I'm going to talk through it. It should be easy enough to follow along without actually going to see these things. Although, you know, as we click around and show a few things off, it might you might uh, wanna check those out. But before I do that, before I jump into today, I just wanna give a shout out. We don't do a lot of shout outs on the show. Would love to hear from you if you got some comments, feedback, of course. I wanted to shout out to Jill and her, her students that are listening to the Visual Lounge. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you just being a listener and it helps us, you know, if you wanna really help us out, send me some feedback. Send us uh, a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube, hit the thumbs up all that good stuff. So, okay, with that said and out of the way, we're gonna dive in. There's no guests today, it's just me, so hold on and hold on tight. So we're gonna be talking about seven different techniques to help you just to polish up your video a little bit. Now, I'm not gonna try to explain these in great depth or go into such fine detail as a how-to step-by-step, but I do wanna give you a sense of what you can do to make your videos look a little bit better, a little bit cleaner, and just give it a little extra something, especially when you need it. And the first one on this list is simply to skip the jump cut. Now, jump cuts are a little bit controversial. If you don't know what a jump cut is, it's where you have basically the video looks like you're just like kind of max headroom jumping around a little bit. Like you've just cut out parts. You haven't tried to make it look so it fits together. There's no continuity there. Your head might be looking to the left and then you know it looks like all of a sudden you're looking straight ahead or to the right or something. So jump cuts have become a lot more popular because of YouTube. They become a lot more acceptable. I actually don't mind jump cuts. So if you're a video editor saying like, oh, I never do jump cuts, that's fine. Or if you're like, I always do jump cuts, as long as it works for your purpose for your audience. But there's an occasion when you maybe don't want that aesthetic, you wanna clean it up a little bit. So let's go ahead and look at what you can do. It's actually very, very simple. So a couple options. The first and easiest option is if you have one camera, you're only recording one camera, and you have something that you know, you're just looking at the screen, if you're editing at a different size, so let's say you're recording 1920 by 1080, you're editing your video at 1280 by 720, you could do this. Or if you're recording at 4K and editing a 1920, those sizes, you know, you record are big, you're recording bigger, but you're editing at a smaller size. This works really well. Because what you can do is simply instead of having the jump cut on the next cut, so you got your normal, like I'm just like talking to you today, and then cut, you're gonna cut some stuff out, and then whatever's next, if it's especially if it's you on camera, 
just make your video a little larger. Now, if you have the luxury of having two cameras, you could have one camera set up that kind of mid shot, maybe mid uh, kind of mid section up, or uh, maybe a little bit even wider than that. You could have a second camera that's maybe a lot tighter. Maybe it's uh, kind of just below the shoulders and up. So you, what you want to be thinking about is like, how do you have this look? So it doesn't just like you miss something, but what happens when you change the size of the second video clip, it actually looks like you've moved the camera closer. And the reason that's good is because then it gets rid of the bit of this jump. So it doesn't look as jumpy. It looks like you were very purposeful. Now you could have cut out a lot of information or little information, or maybe even you cut out no information but it just gives it a little variance. The good thing about this, I think from a kind of psychological kind of cognitive reasoning is it change, right? You got something that's changing on screen. As you change, people are more likely to pay attention. It's drawing the eye. So that, that can be a good thing. And it's really simple. Just change the size of the video that you're editing, make it a little bigger. Now, the trick here is if you're recording at like 1920 by 1080, and that hopefully that size means something to you. It's very standard size, very standard recording size, editing size. But if you're recording at this size, editing at that size, you gotta be careful about pushing in because what you don't wanna do is scale up your video so big that you lose clarity or that it really starts to break down and gets fuzzy or pixelated or anything like that. So you got, you know, it helps if you're recording at, again, larger size than you're going to be editing at or you have uh, two cameras or three cameras or five or 10 or whatever you're working with. I, I, I'm lucky I, I got the one camera and I'm very happy with it. But you can see here again on the screen, it's just, it makes it so it looks really good. Now, what you do if once you push in, you have that kind of push in that you, you've edited, it, you do want to think about when it's going to come back out. You might not want to hold up on that close up for too long. Um, and again, you can be very purposeful about that. It could be another cut, something else that you've removed, or you could just cut and change it back. So you, again, you want to keep it dynamic and flowing, and then you're going to do this throughout your video. So if it's just one time, it's going to feel weird, but if you're doing it kind of every so often, it's going to feel like it's very purposeful and, and be purposeful with it. You don't want to do it just because you want to do it. So again, you're cleaning up a little bit. So that's number one, skip the jump cut. Number two, you're going to speed up or cut out boring stuff. I mean, this is this basic stuff, right? But but here, let me let me lay this out from a, a speed up perspective. There are numerous reasons why you might want to do that. You may want to speed things up because some things just take a long time and your viewer does not need to see everything. So let's take, for example, let's say you've got a new system that you're going to be teaching or sharing in your organization or maybe on your website for your customers or whatever it might be and you're walking them through the steps. And one of those steps is kind of the, it's just the login step. Most of us have logged into a system. Most of us know how to, what a username and password is. We don't necessarily need great instructions. Now there might be something specific that you need to teach, like there's a certain box you need to check, or maybe you're setting up two-factor authentication or something like that. However, you also don't want to skip that step. You don't want someone to assume like, oh, I, I didn't know that I didn't, I needed a username and password. And so what you can do though, is you can speed up that process. The, the typing, have that come up on screen. Now that's one way you could, you could definitely speed it up quite a bit, go through it and have your narration over that. So it just only takes a fraction of a second. The other option is 
And I do this a lot like when I'm showing off like a video and it's I'm getting to the point where I'm going to produce the video at the end, I'm going to share it out. There's that rendering process. And you've probably, if you've used Camtasia or a video editor, you know it takes a little while to render. I don't need anyone to sit there real time watching the process go slowly across the screen. So again, you could speed that up, make it go a lot faster, or you let it go like one or 2% or whatever, maybe even that sped up. And then you cut out from like, whatever number you think is appropriate at the low end, two, 3%, up to like 98%. You just cut it out, just fade transition between that. And it just looks like bloop, it's really fast. Now, the nice thing about cutting out and using a transition, we've talked on the show in the past episodes, you can go back and find those, but we've talked about transitions should have meaning, have purpose, right? This, you can easily indicate the passage of time. And so you're showing somebody the whole process, you're not skipping anything, it's just you don't need them to sit through it. So number two is speed up or cut out the boring stuff, stuff that they don't you don't need to see or stuff that you need to see, but it's like, it's familiar. Maybe it's a repetitive process, you can speed that up to show like, oh yeah, you're gonna do this 17 times, but you don't need to sit through it and watch me do it 17 times. Now, if you are gonna cut something out and it is a repetitive process, make sure, maybe even you put that into a narration. Now you're gonna add your username 12 more times before blah, blah, blah. So you, you just wanna pay attention to those, but I, I really think this can polish your video. It can make it more user-friendly, can make it more engaging. Again, we're, we're creating this dynamic and whenever we're thinking about making videos for our end users, we want stuff that's going to engage them. We want stuff that's going to instruct or inform them or give them the information without without them having to think too hard about it. We don't want them to miss a beat. Like we don't want to cut out the log out or the login process. We don't want to cut out the process of the rendering. They need to see that you have to render your video or whatever you're teaching them that might take some time. But again, we don't need them to sit through everything. So we want them to gain and understand and have clarity without the same amount of time. So again, cut out or speed up boring stuff so we don't have to go through it in real time. The next one, and this is one that I think will be helpful to see kind of impact on the screen. Uh, so sometimes we have motion backgrounds, things that are moving in the background, and this could be video footage, it could be all sorts of stuff, and maybe you wanna put some text on that screen. So maybe this is an intro screen, or maybe you've got something that's gonna pop up and, and share a piece of information. Now, you gotta be careful about using text on screen, especially text and narration. You don't want people reading as you're talking to them. But I thought this is a really great tip because it does look really good and it's super simple. So on screen, and basically what I've done is I've added a animation where I am, just as an example, you don't have to use an animation with this. I, I would just set the, the opacity here, I'm gonna basically lower the opacity of my video and the text is gonna pop, just pop right off it. Now, what you're gonna to wanna to look at with your video is what is the video? What is it showing? What type of things are on there and how much do you need to play with the opacity? In this case, I'm gonna go from, it's fully viewable 100% down to 50% opacity. So it's pretty transparent. Not, no, not disappearing off the screen. You can still see everything that's going on. But when we get into that, that text, once we've brought down the transparency level, the text stands out so much more and you don't lose a lot of the context of the background. It still looks really good. Now, every circumstance, every situation, every video that you use that you might have this motion background or if it's film video footage that you've shot, 
you're gonna have to play with it and just how much transparency do you add? Do you want it more or less? Now, that is one option. And I think this is actually by far one of the simplest options because it just worked. But if you're feeling like you've already got some things layered up and it's not showing correctly, here's another trick that you can do. Take a graphic, so, so for instance, if you are in something like Camtasia, you could take an annotation and basically you're gonna take a square. You could, you can do this in lots of programs. So it's not just about Camtasia. And basically with that square, what you wanna do is you're gonna put it over the entire screen of your video. Now layer, the layer that it's on is going to matter because you're gonna want to make sure your text is on the top layer. And I'll adjust that on my screen in just a second. Now you could use white, you could use black, you could use any color that you want. In this case, because I have white text and I'm just making this simple, I am going to put uh, just a very simple uh, black square gradient on top of my graphic here. Now I'm going to remove the transparency because I don't want that. But now if I have text, then a layer of black square covering everything and then the graphic, the black blocks out the graphic. So again, we're going to use the opacity here and I'm going to bring down quite a bit the opacity of that black square. And so now I can play with how much or how little does it cover up or change. And then you can change the, the color of that square, you know, to see like, well, what happens if I make it a different color, red or green or blue or yellow or whatever brand color probably that you've got it or want to fit with. And you can see, all of a sudden, it can really change. Now, I just added a type of yellow and it looks with the blue, because the video was already blue, yellow and blue together looks like a kind of a brown. Uh, probably not what I wanna do. So you, you do definitely wanna look at this and see like, hey, what what actually works here? What looks good? What, does, what doesn't look good? Um, and just then adjust according to your needs and your purpose. So, um, Pretty easy though, right? Make text pop on the screen though. Do something to bring the text. And if you don't wanna cover the whole screen, maybe you put just a little square behind the text. So again, you want your text to jump out because if I'm struggling to read your text, it's going to be very difficult for me to pay attention. Now that it said, you should probably be limiting the amount of text that you have. Okay, let's move on to our next tip here for editing videos and getting more polished. Number four bringing still images to life. Now, there are a lot of options here. I'm gonna refer you to something so you can Google this on your own term. If you've, maybe you've heard it, maybe you've not. Uh, it's called the Ken Burns effect. Ken Burns is a documentary filmmaker and he has literally an effect named after him. And if you ever watched a Ken Burns documentary, you'll know the effect I'm talking about. So Ken Burns, he's made about civil war, about baseball, about various other kind of events and things that have happened in the world. With those older events, there is no video footage. So he's making video documentaries about things that do not have video footage, which makes it really quite awkward because what are you gonna show? Is it just gonna be people like experts on the screen? Yeah, sure, you can show them. Is he gonna just have text up on the screen? Well, what they did have is they have images. Now, still images on the screen are fine. There's nothing wrong with a still image but he likes to really add some dynamic motion. Again, he's trying to draw his viewers in so they keep paying attention. So when he's talking about something and he's got a picture, he's got it on screen and he's using different effects of motion, like maybe panning across the long uh, photo, or maybe he's kind of 
zooming in and getting tight on that, that image. There's lots of ways you can do it. And you're only really limited by your imagination here, but the idea is make it a little bit more dy dynamic. Uh, so I, you know, I played with this idea a little bit and, and again, these are just quick off the cuff, kind of give you some ideas. If you're again, watching the podcast here, you'll see this. If you're listening, what I've got is a, a tall image. Uh, it looks like a person in some type of maybe coffee shop or in a lobby someplace. And they're sitting there listening to music, working on a laptop. Now you could just, again, show that image, but what becomes a little bit more dynamic is when I am doing two things. One, I'm zooming in. So it's gonna, the, I'm enlarging the picture. Now this happens to be a very large picture, so I could do this. It's way bigger than my actual uh, recording or editing size. It's a, so I just kept a full full picture. I'm got it small and I'm zooming out. Not real small, it's still filling the screen, but zooming out, or excuse me, zooming in. And as I zoom in, I'm slowly bringing the person into view. And I'm not showing most of the context of the photo. I could, if I thought that was important. In this case, you can imagine we're telling a story about something, about a place, and you're bringing into the Zoom, uh, you know, like some how, how important it is to be able to have headphones in your environment or whatever it might be, whatever it is that's important to you. You'll show those key things. So I bring that in dynamically. I'm just using an animation. Again, the, the, the making, I'm zooming in and kind of, making the photo go up across the recording area of the the viewing area. Now, another instance that you could do is I'm actually going to use another animation and I start with the, the photo completely off screen this time and it's coming in from the side and as it comes in, it's going to enlarge. So it kind of looks like it's growing. This this might work You if you had a specific thing. You might look cool if it's sliding across, maybe showing you an area. Again, what I'm going to do is leave you to become an expert in this. Go look up Ken Burns effect. Go look up YouTube effects in this sense, and you'll see all the different dynamics. But again, sometimes we have content that is just still images, whether that's stock photos, maybe that is slides, maybe that is like a, a screenshot of something, and you want to make it a little bit more dynamic. You can easily add some motion, add some movement, have this do something to draw attention and, and you can also use it to focus in that attention on a particular part. What I would caution you here is that, you know, Ken Burns, these are typically slow moving things. It's not like, you know, if you zip it in, that's great. You zip it in, it's done and there you go. But you want to be thoughtful about, again, what am I expressing here? This doesn't have to take a long time. You don't have to overthink it. But what is it expressing? What does the movement say? And does it feel like it's flowing? Now you can even put different images back to back and doing different things. And or maybe you're transitioning from one image to the next. But the idea being again, let's keep some focus. This will add a little bit of polish overall to your presentations, to your videos. I think it just gives it a, a really kind of nice touch. But again, there's a million different ways to do it. Uh, different animations, different effects you could do. You want to find the one that is going to be simple, direct, and emphasizes what you, the creator, wants to emphasize. Okay, number five, let's use music to enhance and emphasize. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time or you've listened to me speak at different events, you know what I say about music all the time. Music is a double-edged sword. It is one thing that I, I love music, I love listening to music. I listen to music sometimes when I work, 
But when it comes to video, particularly information and instructional video, music can be a real kind of problem. And the reason it can be a problem is because if you want someone to pay attention and there's music playing, well, you might be causing them to be distracted. And once they're distracted, they're not getting the information or the instruction that you want to give them. So you have to be really mindful about what you're doing with this. So a couple things. First of all, if you're going to use music, make sure it's appropriate and fits with the tone, the mood, whatever it is that you're trying to convey. Two, maybe don't use music throughout your entire presentation or video. Maybe what you want to use is use music at the beginning and at the end or as a transition point. This will allow you to use it as to an effect versus trying to always compete with it. If you decide that you're still going to use music because maybe you want a little pep in your step, you want it to enhance the mood. I mean, we watch movies that have music all the time and it can add to the feelings or the emotions. If you decide that, that that's what's right for you, here's what I'd think of, have you think about. Think about how are you going to make sure that the sound level, the level of the music is balanced with the audio. And you want to be really thoughtful about this because you want your narration, when you have it, to be the preeminent thing. The music should be in the background and you should be able to maybe hear a little bit, but it should not be dr like drowning out anything you're saying. Now, depending on how you edit your video, a couple thoughts. One, if you listen to your music and edit through your like laptop speakers or any other external speakers, you may miss something. I do a lot of that, but what I suggest you do is actually pull out some headphones, plug in and listen to that same sound after you've mixed it. You've got the levels adjusted. How does it sound with headphones in? Wireless headphones sound different than my plug-in headphones or big can headphones. Desktop speakers sound different than my MacBook speakers. So you just want to be really thoughtful, like what's the experience going to be like for my listener? And is it too loud, too soft? And just be really gauging like what's the experience going to be? And then think about your audience. Where are they when they are listening to this? Are they going to have a noisy environment around them? And how does that affect how it sounds? So I, I think music can be a good thing. It can really add to the overall kind of well-being of like a video. I think it can bring emotion. I think it can bring excitement. It can kind of drive home a message. But I think you got to be really, really thoughtful here. Now, if you're looking for great music options, there are free sites out there. I know we've talked about them in the past. Or you can also look if you're using Camtasia. There are some free options in there as well as more free options on the TechSmith Camtasia Asset Library. And there, you can get a whole subscription to the Asset Library and there is so much music in there. The challenge then becomes not if I can find the music, but you know which music to choose from because it's so much and a lot of it is so good. Uh, and then you can find the right length. You can find the right tempo. You can find the right mood, the right style, whatever you want. And it's really, for me, it's really just great because I love adding little clips of music. But again, think about where you're going to use it and how you're going to use it. And if you're doing a longer presentation, you know, where what what's the reason for the music? Now, let me share a little quick ex experience that I had and, and something just to keep in mind with music. So I was working at TechSmith a long time ago, and I was doing a series of videos. We're calling them one-minute screencast tips. Basically, you know, one-minute videos that were going to help people make better screencast videos on screencast.com. And I, I was very happy with the series of videos I made. And at the very beginning of this, each of the videos, I'd used a particular song track that was just like, it was just a quick introduction. It wasn't even the full video. It was just like a little thing, guitar jingle, boom, you're into the video. 
what I didn't realize though, was that people would listen to these videos and there was multiple, they would listen to them back to back to back. Now remember that we were trying to get like one minute videos. Here's what the complaint was though. They're like, oh, this guitar track, I'm so sick of it. Cause I just keep hearing, like they were listening to, if you listen to eight videos and they all got the same kind of jaunty guitar track at the beginning, it got a little overwhelming. Now, the, from my perspective, what I was trying to do is kind of brand these videos with this music track. Thought, yeah, that'd be really great. I did not think about people watching them in succession because I wasn't making them all at the same time. I was making them like one a week or one a month or whatever it was, it was at the time. But you got to think about that user experience. If every video starts the same way, it doesn't distinguish it and it can maybe, you know, get re overly repetitive. Now, in a series though, you can imagine like, hey, there's five videos in the series, let's use the same music. That's a pretty good thing. Even in this podcast, right? We start the show with the same music. Now, we have changed the music at least once. I think we've done it probably twice. Will we change it again in the future? Probably, but it's kind of part of the season or this run of episodes. We're using that music right now. You know, you hear the beginning of the podcast, kind of the final take, you hear that, you know you're in the right place. And so be thinking about that use case, think about those things along with what you're trying to do with your music. So again, number five, use music to emphasize and enhance. Just remember, do it wisely. All right, here we are, number six, almost through these great tips. Number six is adjust the color of your camera captures. But don't go, don't go crazy here. So what do I mean? We could call this color correction, we can call this enhancing the video. Uh, there are a couple things to be thinking about here. If you're using a camera, uh, if you're using a smartphone, it might be slightly different than if you're using like a DSLR or a mirrorless camera. First, start with your device. Make sure it's capturing the right kind of color profile. I know on my camera here, there's like a vivid setting, there's a nature setting, there, there's multiple settings. There's also just kind of a neutral setting and there's one that is, it's almost kind of almost lacking any kind of color. It's kind of grayish. So everything's a little bit muted and that makes for really great color correction. However, it makes means I have to do that work. But make sure you're capturing kind of what you want to start with. And then when you bring it into your video editor, you might want to start even adjusting it a little bit more. Why would you need to adjust it? Well, depending on what light source you're using, you might not have control. It might not look quite right. Your white, like I've got these white panels behind me, maybe they don't look really white. Maybe they look more yellow, particularly if you're using like a, a lamp that's like got a normal bulb in it. Maybe it's got a little bit warmer temperature or maybe you've got something that's it's a little bit more blue and it's a cooler temperature. There's lots of reasons you might want to adjust the color, but it can really make your video look better. And as a side note, you can change things completely to make it look like it's sci-fi or something completely different. That's more fun. I'm talking more practicality here. So I've got here again on the screen for our podcast listeners, you might want to look at this, but I've got Camtasia open and there's a couple things that we could do here. Uh, you know, you've got these various visual effects we could go into, you've got color tint. One, and, and this is in a lot of video programs, so it's called a color, it's L-U-T or LUT. Uh, it stands for lookup table. There's actually these lookup tables that you can apply. Uh, I'm just going to drag that over to the video and you can see there's like, I've downloaded a whole bunch. You can go out to the internet and find a whole bunch of these. And you can see as I scroll through this, like there's one that looks like it's kind of more faded. I'm sure there's one, there's like a sepia one that I kind of passed by. There we go. So it looks like an old timey Western kind of old photograph. 
Um, you can see I can really enhance like the blue or the red in my skin tone. This is basically doing some kind of color correction. Uh, there's like a black and light white one. Y you can find one. If you find one that works well for you, awesome. That could be all that you need to do. Now, I don't, the ones I've got downloaded that I've been playing with, none of them like look quite the way I want it to look, which is fine. Um, and so I want to just share with you, there's a really simple way in Camtasia to do some kind of manual correction. Now, if you're using Adobe Premiere or Resolve, uh, DaVinci Resolve or some other programs that have color correction tools, and they can be super in-depth and complicated, way beyond my pay grade of understanding. Uh, there are people who literally work on films and movies that do this for a living. This is their entire job. So this is art, science coming together, um, but for simple, simple kind of purposes, let's do this. So I'm going to do start with basically on this camera video, I'm going to add colorize. Now you can see automatically I've added it and it default adds a green. Now there's really three colors we're worried about, red, green, and blue. And right now we're at pure green, which is red is set to zero, green is set to 255, and blue is set to zero. Now I don't want to start with green, it's, I'll start with green, but the problem is its intensity is 100%. So everything on my screen, for those not watching, I look like a green, bright green alien. But I'm gonna bring the intensity down and I'm gonna just keep bringing it down until I start to think it looks pretty good. I can even go all the way to zero and see what that looks like. Let me just add a little bit here. I'm probably gonna need to adjust this again, but let's let's just put it up. I don't need a lot of green in my, my skin here. So I'm gonna put it at 4%. Now, here's a little trick. If you're in Camtasia, I'm going to take that same piece of footage and I'm going to add a group. I'm not grouping it with anything else but itself. And now what that's going to allow me to do is I can drag colorize again. And in this time, I don't want to change the green. I'm going to, let's change the blue. So I'm going to set my green red at zero, green at zero, and then blue is 255 because that's the pure blue color. Again, the intensity is way, 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 way too much. And I'm going to bring this down. And this is where the art comes in. I'm just going to adjust this to see, hey, what what looks good? And I tend to, I have a reddish skin color. Um, and so I just, I tend to add a little bit more blue than anything else. It helps even out that. And then what I'm going to do is right click on that video again, same track, same clip. And I'm going to group it again. I know, crazy, right? This, you know, colorizing your video is probably one of the last things you want to do. Uh, if you've got multiple clips that are all the same from all the same source, you can do it all at the same time. I'm going to do that again, but this time instead of green or blue, I'm going to change my red to 255, make sure my blue and green are both at zero. And I'm going to add that. And now it's looking really crazy because it's like I'm melting in a hot sun. And I'm going to drag this down and I tend not to need a lot of red. I might not even need to add any red. Yeah, I think I'm going to, ah, let's do, I'm going to add, 2%, but this is a very simple process. Now, again, in your other tools, this might be way more complicated. They might have some automatic smart tools that will help you do it, but I find I don't need a lot of color correction with the setup I have. It's really gonna depend on your environment, but it's one of those things. It can just help make your video pop a little bit. Uh, it can make it look a little bit better. Cell phone video, you know, it's already working with a limited lens. It's working with limited lighting. It's you might find that you can do it. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's some automatic stuff that uh, you can do on your smartphone that might just do it for you. And you want to play with that because when it does anything that does it automatically, 
it might do too much. It might do something you don't want. might not look as good as it could. So I do recommend you add a little bit of that. Okay, so use uh, color to you know enhance what your camera captures. You can do that in post. You can do it on the camera. You have lots of places. Play with it. Make sure you understand what your device can do, but you'll be good. Here we are at number seven. And this one means a little bit of work. I apologize. I know you're already doing a lot of work making these videos, but this one is going to be something once you set it up, it can be huge time saver. It can be the thing that makes video creation so much faster. And that is number seven, have consistent elements like fonts, colors, lower thirds, graphics, everything that you can define and have set aside or in a library ready to go, do that. Because here's the thing, video creation involves a lot of decision making. And I think what happens is, especially when you're newer to video, you get decision fatigued. And you are going through, you're making cutting, taking things out, deciding is this clip better than this clip? Is this the right B-roll? Is this the right music? You're making all these decisions. And in that process, that decision fatigue is going to set in. And when it sets in, you're starting to say like, oh, yeah, I don't care, Just I just wanna get done. Now, some people love video so much that they're so into video, that's the thing that they do. They're like, I will edit forever. But for most, I think for a lot of us, particularly in the kind of the world of business and where video, maybe it's not our prime job or maybe we're doing a lot more video, but we're like an instructional designer or we're a marketer where we've got lots of other things to do, that decision fatigue is real. But all of a sudden when you have like, I have a font for titles, a font for lower thirds or whatever, you know, probably just one font is good, maybe two, right? Once you've got that decided, like my videos use these fonts, you don't have to make the decision anymore, just apply it. When you start picking out your colors, man, maybe these are already defined for you in like a branding sheet for your company. All of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't have to think about what color yellow to use or what colors blue I use for Snagit. It is just defined for me. And then in your programs, oftentimes you can save that color so you don't have to keep looking up the hex code or the RGB color. You just know, I use this code of blue or put it, write it down on a sticky note put it on your desk or whatever you need to do so you don't have to keep looking it up. Elements. We often think we need to recreate every video to be unique and amazing and it's never been done before. That is such a falsehood that sometimes I, I don't know why I get stuck in that mindset sometimes, but here's here's the thing. If you've looked at videos, you've got, let's go, let's take entertainment movies. Movies, right? We've gotten, you've gotten to see a movie, you've watched a movie on TV or a television show. How many of them use similar types of approaches, similar types of stories, similar elements, the hero's journey, right? How many of them use even the same end titles? Like it's like the scroll, the scroll with all the people that worked on the end credits kind of looks always the same, right? Maybe a few variations here and there. Marvel put in some videos in the middle of it, but for the most part, it's all the same. You don't have to rethink what your end credits gonna look like. You don't have to, you know, if you've got your lower thirds all set up, you don't have to change your lower thirds every video. In fact, I would encourage you not to. And even if you think, oh, well, someone's watching all my videos. Okay, make that your brand. That's your style. That's your thing. Want to change it up in a couple months? Okay, make some subtle changes to it. Make it improve it. Make it better. But I think what you'll find is once you've made these decisions and you've organized them and you don't have to think about where to look to find them, your video is going to come together faster and because you're learning how to use those better and better every single time, it's gonna look better, right? Like 
how should this come in? I'm actually a huge fan of using templates now. Uh, so for this podcast, what I'm going to do is once I'm done recording this, I'm going to drop this into my template. I've got a template that's got my intro, it's got my music, it's got my exit music, it's got all these little bits and pieces that I need. My tracks are even labeled so I know which is the camera video, which is uh, audio for me, for my guests. I'm just going to drop it in there and it's going to be done. And then I just got to do the little bit of work that I need to do to clean it up and edit it and that stuff. But I don't have to think about that. I don't have to think about what music is going to be. I might have to adjust it based on the length of my kind of kind of the opening. I may have to adjust the ending a little bit to make sure it's in the right spot. But ultimately, this is going to make your videos more polished, cleaner, more professional, and easier to create. Who could ask for anything more at this point? We're going to have easier to create videos. Now, if you're in a tool like Camtasia, and I'm sure, again, these other programs have it, use your library. You can build your own library of assets. Use themes. You, you know, so you're putting your colors and your fonts in there. So again, you don't have to remember or, you know, find a folder on your desktop and organize it. So you've got all those things, logos and maybe some stock photo that, you know, you're always going to use or elements that you're bringing in. Um, now with cursor, you know, you can replace the cursor, right? So maybe you've got a custom cursor you always want to use, but even, even in that, where you're not even having to gather resources, you're thinking, I'm always going to have my cursor at 200%, 300%. By making that decision and then allowing yourself to break it on occasion as need kind of permits or calls for, you're going to, again, not have to think about it. You don't have to remember what was that color that we use? What was the font we use? What behaviors do we not use or do use? There's even in Camtasia, there's a favorite section. I've got things like my fade. I've got the custom animation. I've got restore. I've got my emphasis for the audio because that restore feature is so nice because then it just helps me get a quick start on making sure my music is the right level. Um, you've got, you've just got all these pieces that you don't have to think about again. Uh, so between the library, your themes, your, uh, favorites, templates, so much you don't have to think about. So again, it's the consistency though. When you make a video to video to video, especially when you want them to tie together, you want them to look the same, but even across kind of the year or maybe two years, it helps, it signals like, hey, this looks like it fits. This is the right video. So I'd encourage you to have consistent elements, fonts, colors, lower third, graphics, music, all those things, use them consistently, change them up as you need to, replace them, get better ones, use them better as you go. But this, again, we're looking for little ways to polish your video. It will be great. Okay, so there are, in recap, let's go through these again, just because I want to make sure we're ending on a good note. Number one, Skip the jump cut. You can push in and push out. Number two, speed up or cut out the boring stuff or the stuff that's non-essential for someone to see. Number three, if you've got text on the screen, make it pop. Number four, using still images, bring them to life. Give them, add some motion. Ken Burns, remember Ken Burns. Number five, use music to emphasize and enhance, but be careful. Number six, Adjust the color and the temperature and the look of your screen of what's on camera using a little bit of color. You don't want to go crazy, but you want to make it look a little bit better, make it pop a little bit, a little bit more natural. Because, you know, cameras don't always show what it looks like. And number seven, have consistent elements. So that's really the, the gist today of what I want to go through. Hope you found this helpful. As, as we wrap things up, let me just give you my final take. So... Keep in mind that if you're making videos, you want 
at times to make them a little bit more polished, a little bit more professional. And so take a little time to learn a few things that are going to help you to do that. Because if you do that, you can still do the quick videos that jump cuts and all sorts of things that just you don't have to worry about. But when you need a video to really work hard, you really want it to be successful, you really want it to pop, the seven tips I'm going to provide will really help you. So there we go. That There's your final take. And as we end every show, really grateful for you. Please, we'd love it if you would subscribe on YouTube. If you're on one of the podcasting platforms that allows you to subscribe, you know, follow the show so you're always getting notified when new episodes drop. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at thevisuallounge, thevisuallounge at techsmith.com. comes right to me. And so cool, right? I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your feedback. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Leave a comment on Twitter or on LinkedIn for TechSmith. It all comes back to me so I can read it. I'd love to hear from you. Good, bad suggestions for guests, shows, all that stuff. So let me know what you'd like to hear about. And as we wrap up, I hope this helps you take a little time to level up your video game every single day. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>